I have to say that Colin Firth, whew, he's a hottie, hey? Oh. Nevertheless, Pride and Prejudice, it's a BBC series. It was broadcast quite a while back, or it was uh, created quite a while back, but it's now a new high-definition version on BritBox, of course, the streaming service. We do love these streaming services. They're making things amazing. The six-part drama was originally written by Andrew Davies, and we are fortunate to have Andrew on the line. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. Andrew... Uh, you know, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about the work that you do, and obviously it, it works around the concept of adaptation. And I was thinking about how a story remains universal. I mean, Pride and Prejudice was is a couple of hundred years old, but it still has something to offer. I mean, we talk about a man who is rich and therefore we regard him as handsome. I mean, <laughs> that things never change. And I'm wondering how you take the adaptation of something and go, you know what, even though we're telling the story in the time it was set, we are still telling a story that remains interesting to us today. Um, well, uh, what I do um, is, is to uh, put myself into the story as much as possible, imaginatively. Obviously, I'm not trying to shove the characters out. But... Um, I'm trying to imagine uh, how I would feel, what I would do or say, and yeah. um, uh, they, these things are, these emotions are universal and go through time. What's wonderful about Jane Austen is that she does it all with such wit mm. and insight into human motives and um i i confess that uh, the secret to adapting jane austen is um is don't change too much um just copy out the best bits you talk to uh, so many adaptations of classics i mean you've done war and peace you've done bleak house amazing middle march pride and prejudice vanity fair the list goes on are you making that selection yourself or is an adaptation of that nature coming to you, for example, from the BBC, where they say, hey, here's a great story? Um, it's, it's a mixture. It, it's a bit of both. Mm. With Pride and Prejudice, that was uh, very much me and the producer, Sue Birtwistle, uh, trying to force it on the BBC uh, <laughs> at a time when they... Uh, when they didn't really want to do uh, very much period drama, and yeah. we were saying, yes, uh, people will love this. It's all about sex and money, uh, and, you know, that never dies. And so we, we actually had quite a bit of trouble persuading people to put it on. And then, of course, as with all these shows, um, uh, all the people who fought against it would say, oh, I fought for this show. Um, <laughs> it was my idea all along and so on. But um, anyway, I, I, was very, I was very happy that uh, it was so beautifully cast and it was uh, such a success. And, um, and it's still regarded by, by most people as the, um, as the definitive Pride and Prejudice. You know, uh, you, you, you mentioned that it, it still has uh, many kudos attached to it. And in fact, it was a piece that was broadcast um, a good couple of decades ago. And yet now there is the high definition for streaming. And I, I wonder how that process is for you. The fact that 
Early days, maybe working in radio dramas, then working in TV dramas. Now, boops, we're into streaming. Do you see any dif- difference and changes in the way that you've worked or haven't worked or how you watch as an audience member even? Um, yeah, I, I find um, that with my own work, uh, I like the feeling of the episodes going out once a week mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and the suspense building up a little bit and people talking about it in between episodes. Um, but when I'm watching myself, I'm, I'm a terrible binger. Me too. Uh, if I like something, I'll, I'll, I'll watch, yeah. you know, 10 episodes in three days. And, um, uh, and, and, and then I'll, you know, <laughs> like with binging food, I, I feel sorry at the end. Well, I've, and shut, uh, I've, taken it slower. I've always, I'm thinking of that, I think it was a psych test that they did with those kids where they said to the kid, you can have um, one Smartie now and if you don't eat the others in the bowl, we'll give you extra Smarties at the end or what you must decide. And then, of course, all the kids just, they, they just can't imagine the other Smarties at the end, so they eat all the Smarties in the bowl now. I suspect, are you a, all the Smarties in the bowl now kind of a guy? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I am. <laughs> I'm afraid I am. I'm a slave to my appetite. <laughs> Andrew, I want to just take you back to this idea of universality. Um, Pride and Prejudice, as you say, it's about sex and money. We can look at your fantastic series, House of Cards, and in many ways it was Shakespearean. Macbeth uh, comes to mind immediately in, in terms of that particular series. And obviously there's, there's, there's a different process. I mean, you might be thinking about Shakespeare, but you're writing an entirely different script, whereas Pride and Prejudice you are adapting. How, how different is that process as someone who writes? Um, yeah, House of Cards was one that, um, it's not a faithful adaptation at all. I, I was, I was trying to make something, uh, bolder and grander than the original novel. Mm. And, um, uh, and I, I thought this guy, this guy could be like a Shakespearean, uh, villain or, mm. or even a, a one of Shakespeare's tragic heroes, um, because he's he's willing to you know follow his his desires right through to the to the to the bitter limit, mm. um, and so I was uh, you know I was looking at things like Laurence Olivier's film of uh, Richard the Third yes. and uh, and all these uh, these Jacobean tragedies where where the villain talks to the audience. And, yeah. um, and and so that's where I got this talking to the camera, which which worked so well for um, in in both the uh, in both our version and subsequently the uh, the later American version, the Netflix version. You know that I, I think that that was something that was quite extraordinary to watch. Eh? That that yeah, talking that and, that narrative, like where your narrator is actually your protagonist, is actually engaging you, the listener or the viewer. In such a different way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew, you know, at the moment I'm studying something at school um, which talks about narrative and storytelling in leadership and the workspace. And 
I thought, geez, how extraordinary that I'm speaking to one of the greatest storytellers. And that's what we're working on immediately. And I thought, I'm going to be cheeky and I'm going to ask you, how do you think one could use storytelling in the workspace to make a difference? Um, I'm not sure about all this. It it almost seems like, um, uh, you know, a way of sort of um, of bamboozling the people, really, (laughs) by... <laughs> by uh, by by you know telling some sort of story that make it makes it seem as if uh, you know what the boss wants is uh, is and always has been absolutely wonderful. I mean, you could you could actually say that one is doing that and adapting these um uh, these Jane Austen novels. I sometimes feel a bit guilty. It's it's about. It's a bit like being a, a sort of poster boy for um, old-fashioned Tory values, you know, where yeah. um, where the rich people just keep what they have, and the uh, and the poor people uh, are all right so long as they know their place, which is um, something that over the years has. Uh, would resonate in South Africa. Um, so, so uh, I, don't, I don't know how relevant it is now. So, in fact, uh, the telling of a story could be used to um, sublimate people into the organisation, is what you're saying? Yes. Brilliant. Andrew, um, in closing, what are you working on at the moment? Oh, I've got, I've got two or three projects <laughs> on the go uh, one is uh, John Updike's Rabbit novel. Yes. Um, I'm doing a biographical piece about Dickens, and uh, I'm I'm working on an idea about um, uh, about the Cambridge spies. Um, so I'm I'm still quite busy, rather to my surprise. Well, it seems to me that you'll just keep being busy, and we look forward to seeing uh, the new projects. Yeah. Thank you very much. Andrew Davies, thank you so much for joining us. He is a consummate writer and adapter of so many different novels. He's best known for House of Cards, a very peculiar practice, but also, as we mentioned, Pride and Prejudice, the new HD version, is now on BritBox.